0: Oh, this is Pete Van Epps and welcome to another edition of the Cameron Brooks podcast, Above and Beyond. And so on this podcast, our goal is to interview successful former military officers who have made the transition into corporate America and are doing great things in business. And so here at Cameron Brooks, we are a junior military officer recruiting firm. And uh, we do exactly that. We help uh, transitioning military officers um, find meaningful, um, engaging work in corporate America. And so today I'm really excited to bring you Rob Carranza. And Rob is a former, or has a mechanical engineering undergraduate degree. So mechanical engineering background he's a former air force navigator and he transitioned to johnson and johnson in 2014 and so we get into some fun topics we talk about making career decisions and you know making a transition and looking at a lot of options and comparing options in order to make a right choice and finding good fit in business Uh, we dig into work life balance and culture and things at work and and that kind of morphs into finding meaning outside of work and so he shares a little bit about his experience Um, and then we start getting into the topic of uh, you know his first role at J&J and how he came into it and what he was thinking about and a little bit about what he was doing as a design engineer at johnson and johnson and so he has so many good things to say though i actually um, cut the conversation in half so we get about halfway through the conversation and that it ends and then uh, in two weeks when we post our next podcast uh, i'll post the second half of uh, the conversation with rob so Um, If you're curious to know a little bit more about Cameron Brooks, you can find a lot of information about us and about other things as well, about leadership and transition and things like this uh, at our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. I'd also encourage you, if you're a transitioning military officer wanting to know more about how to make a transition, um, you can pick up a copy of PCS to Corporate America uh, by Roger Cameron and, and it's now in its fourth edition so it's also co-authored by our president and CEO Chuck Alvarez and our senior vice president Joel Junker um, just a quick disclaimer the thoughts and opinions uh, expressed by Rob uh, do not necessarily reflect those of Johnson & Johnson I hope you enjoy this podcast here's
1: Rob Okay, Rob. Hey, thanks so much for being on the podcast and joining me today to share a little bit about your experience. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate you uh, reaching out and and having
2: me on this. And uh, again, I've listened to the podcast you guys have put out in the past. And
1: as an alum, this is is a great thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, your insight will be very valuable. And so um, why don't we Start at the top and really share. Tell us, tell us what you did in the military. Tell us what your role was and some of your experience, and uh, and and then we'll kind of dig into what you're doing now at J and J.
2: Sure, yeah, sure thing. So in uh, 1998, Pete, I enlisted as a uh, um, a space operator. So basically, space operations in the Air Force. Uh, Did that for five years, uh, essentially as a um, uh, lead trainer. Uh, uh, standardization evaluations did really well in that um, in that role, and uh, got a uh, a full scholarship to go to Central Florida, and uh, I got a mechanical engineering degree. I I was very uh, charged up at that point to go ahead and pursue my my education. So we went back to Florida, and while I was doing my uh, mechanical engineering curriculum, I was involved in the uh, Air Force ROTC um, cadet program, so um, by the time I graduated in 2006, uh, you know, I was the uh, core commander uh, of the uh, of the ROTC wing and um, you know, loaded up with 17 credit hours and that whole thing and um, it came to that point where hey, I got to make a decision what I want to do, would I go back engineering or do I want to try something different, so Um, I fell in love with aviation um, there while I was uh, going through the program. So in 2006 when I commissioned I uh, was then started my initial training for flight training. So I was a a navigator in the C-130 Hercules. Um, Did uh, that from essentially 2000 um, after all my initial training from 06 to 2008. So I did um, all my flying from 08 to 2014 on active duty. And in those uh, those six years, it uh, was more a continuous exercise. I got my MBA um, in strategic leadership. Um, I became an exercise contingency planner. Um, again, leading teams of as small as five up to were upwards of thirty, uh, taking airplanes off station uh, to uh, um, multi-level exercises, uh, and and really just digging in on. Uh, tactics and techniques and procedures for the C130 mm-hmm. so in uh, 2014 we we came to a uh, my family and I you know came to the the fork in the road and um, that's when we said all right you know we've we've got the uh, we
1: got some options and and then we uh, had the faithful call with you Pete. Yeah, that's right. And you and I had some really great dialogue. I remembered them vividly. And 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 uh, and you made a very successful transition uh, back in 2014. transitioned to Ethicon, J- Johnson and Johnson, and specifically Ethicon. Can you share with us a little bit about that decision? Why why did you choose the company that you chose? Why did you what 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 was it about the job that really resonated with you? And really, what I want to do is get into you know what? Did what? What did that first job look like as a product development engineer? I know you're you're beyond that at this point. Couple couple jumps beyond that, but let's take me back to 2014 and making that decision.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So there was about um, 10 interviews out of that conference, and I remember we we lined it all up, and there was a a big array of. The industries that uh, that uh, I was able to visit and be exposed to, and and for me it almost felt like a a crash course uh, MBA in uh, in in ten days because I, I kind of was up against a little bit of a timeline for me personally so I wanted to get through them as quickly as I could but I remember going through that and just really meeting all the the different teams organizations all the different industries and and just really you know. Trying to keep it simple, Um, you know. I'm I'm kind of a data guy, so I had my little Excel spreadsheet with with five five areas that were super important to me, and I weighted those. And uh, I remember after every one of those uh, those meetings um, and and uh, interviews, walking out of there and just trying to get that spreadsheet to to populate that in in terms of how I felt. And at the end of it, for me personally. you know, so Ethicon was my last interview. Um, it really just, it just felt right. And, and one of the big things here was, at, for, at least for me, um, coming, again, from, from uh, the Air Force core values, something that we, we hold near and dear, uh, is that with Johnson & Johnson, they, they have their credo and uh, the values that they share here are very similar. So I was able to make those comparisons and, and say, man, this feels just like what I've already been doing. So having that comfort, that helped.
1: Now, did you think you were going to find that? When you made that transition, you know, what was your going into it, maybe right before the career conference, right before having all of those interviews, were you, you know, optimistic, enthusiastic about that? That you would find that type? Because you just connected more on a, on a culture level, not necessarily on a, on a, on a job function or career function. I know that played obviously an important role, but was was the culture something that you were unsure about, or what were you thinking about there? Well, you know,
2: so I talked to the culture a lot for me it was um right at the top of my list mm. um I, I i wanted this to be a uh, a lasting marriage, <laughs> and uh, I wanted this to be somewhere. It wasn't for me as an opportunity to just uh you know uh put put the anchor down for a couple of years for me this was gonna be where i you know at least for me to i want to retire here so for me, regardless, I thought of the role or what I would be doing. If I didn't have a fit culturally, um, it would be hard for me to really come in and be effective in that role or job, whether regardless of what it was.
1: Sure. Now I gotta ask. You know, you, there were five areas that, you, that were that were really important. Obviously, culture was probably one of them. Do you remember, I know it's been a few years, and, and, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but do you remember some of the other things that were real high on your your, your and your family's criteria?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, you know, um,
2: for me it was, you know, you hit one ate the culture. Um, the, uh, the emphasis on um, family, uh, so the, the work life. The work-life balance was another big one for me. So those two were right at the top of my list in terms of how I weighted those. Um, obviously, the other ones that are a little more, you know, um, it, you're you're not gonna, you know, turn a blind eye to monetarily how you get compensated. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, um, other benefits that that flow into like your vacation, this that and the other. But yeah. one of the things that I really bought into early with the with uh, the Cameron Brooks the philosophy was well hey look you're you're in a unique position and if you take those things that are near and dear to you and you um, those are the things like you value so for me it was like that family piece the work life you know the deployments that we endure going through our, our real, regular military service the culture of the folks that you're going to be working with so now that I, we have a little bit of control coming into the uh, civilian world, civilian side, for me those were really right at the top of the top of the list. So, yeah. you know, it really helped me um, take ten opportunities and then say, well, you know, that was a real lucrative offer from a, a monetary standpoint. However, um, I was, I'll be on call. All day with a pager or a phone, to where mm-hmm. at any time I could be sprinting back and forth to the plant. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so maybe this isn't a fit. Um, and and then your your little uh, matrix, uh, however you weight that and populate it, mm-hmm. it that will, you know, it, it really just gets that engagement going. And with me and my wife, um, those that was how the conversations uh, essentially shaped based off of those those criteria. Mm-hmm.
1: It, and you're doing. I mean, aren't you? If I remember, you're pretty active in, in doing some coaching and things outside of the. You know, when we were when we were working together and having a lot of dialogue, you were doing a lot of activity outside of work as well. Pretty integrated in your community and your in your family life. Are you still having a chance to do some of that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: and that's that
2: was one of the biggest things. Pete is, and I tell the story to my team uh, at least once a week, where you know. Um, I've been a coach my entire life, and I love it. It's what feeds my belly. It's a passion. And for me to be able to uh, coach my daughter's softball team, my son's football team, um, you know, my other daughter's soccer team or whatever other opportunities uh, to just be involved there, I think it – for my current – you know, my role especially now – it is um, it is really a full loop. It's, it's what kind of completes because I, I coach all day and I love doing it and, and I really am passionate that if you're um, whatever you do outside the walls of your workplace, if uh, if you can kind of bring a little bit of that outside with you into your you know your free time or whatnot, then it's almost like you don't tell if you, so when you come back in your walls. Uh, yeah. Ie work. It doesn't yeah. feel like you're working at all. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just it just yeah. becomes part of the fun. So, um, absolutely, I'm I'm still 100 150 percent involved, and I, you know, the calendar's full. But
1: it, when right. when you're when you're doing something you love, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, it sounds good. Now, it, 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 I know you are already very active and involved, but can you help those who listen to this podcast? feel the difference between you know things that you were able to do outside of the outside of work in the military and things you're at out outside do outside of the, out of work at Johnson & Johnson are they the same do you feel do you feel is it the same is it is it different now that you're out of the military just I'm not trying to paint a good or bad light in any direction I'm just trying to understand the difference in your in your experience uh, between you know some of that work life in the military versus some of that work life outside of the military. Yeah, and no, uh, no, that's a
2: fair question, Pete. Like, you know, so uh, I was very fortunate, I would say, in my 12 years on active duty, to have some real good mentors, supervisors that valued uh, the work-life balance. They um, was the saying, they work hard, they play hard. So um, I love that because there are times when. You, you really have to buckle down and you know one of the, the fun stories I shared with, with your team is uh, back in 2011 you know when we had the um, the 9.2 magnitude earthquake out there in Japan and and man I tell you what um, No one said Rob you need to work 16 hours a day to to get get us through this um, this hurdle and um, Get uh, you know some some leadership in here for to support this uh, this catastrophic event. No one said that Um you know we had vacation planned uh, personally my family we did and we canceled all those we knew how important it was to be there and no one told me to do that um but it was something i knew uh that i had to do right um and 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 that was again kind of feed more to the passion part of it and you know did that when you talk to my wife about that experience was it just this crazy 45 days of you know nonstop, stop um you know, when's dad going to be home. And, you know, from her and on the spouse side, I mean, they're carrying dosimeters around for radioactive radiation yeah, well, type. Yeah. of life. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So now I fast forward, I always tell that story. And I fast forward to now and I tell the team, you know, hey, um, it, it's work hard, play hard here. Um, it's definitely much different because, uh, you know, I'm not we can't bark orders uh on, on the civilian sector and expect results people just uh, it's just not the way it works um, but there is still a level of commitment to the team um, and and you know i with my folks that uh, report directly to me it's um, it's very much a uh big boy big girl system in terms of if we're getting the work done um you know, and, and you're getting furniture delivered uh, on Friday, guess what? Uh, go ahead and be there for go that get your Friday. Furniture. Yeah, right. Go get your furniture. Be home with the wife <laughs> and set that all up. I mean, right. it's really the little things, and I, I try right. to put that all kind of a little bit of a bow on it to say that everyone's, you know, we're all resource constrained. There's only so much we can do, but what I can do as a leader and as a manager is I can, I can give you time. And if that's going to go, watch your kids play soccer, or be home for that delivery to ease the, the you know, some of the anxiety for your spouse. I mean, that's the stuff I learned in the military side, and uh, and I'm just carrying it over now in my my current role.
1: Let me but, uh, let me let me change gears here a little bit again again back to 2014. I'd like to talk a little bit about your career at J and J now up to this point. So back in 14, you started about mid year i think you started in the june july time frame you came to the june conference He you probably started july time frame ish of 2014 and you went straight to a product development engineer role what in the I world did. is a what in the world is a product development engineer what what did you do you know what was your day in day out for for the time that you did that role
2: yeah so yeah, that timeline is exactly right, Pete. So again, I I mentioned it earlier. We were um, we were moving fast. We were at the June conference. My first day here in the within j was uh, July 21st. So it, it all happened really quick. Um, you know, I had my family, my wife, and my three children in tow, and uh, and we lived at a uh, we lived at a residence inn that was literally like uh, you know. A ten-minute walk from the from the uh, from the job, so
1: um,
2: you know it was. So you ask the question, what does a product development engineer do, and what is it? So for me, um, even when I got hired on for the role, I had a good expectation of, um, okay, this is for the most part. I was I was trying to flush out that main thing with this team in terms of how I would bring that value. So I didn't try to put myself in a corner of of, say, like these set skills, I had a little bit of reservation um, when I started thinking about, you know, wow, well, these are mechanical engineers, some of the smartest
1: people I've ever
2: met, PhDs from all over the country, and uh, and I'm a papered mechanical engineer who hasn't practiced in eight years. Like okay, that was the, the blunt truth. And so for me, though, I came into it Um, saying you know what beyond that just look at the track record of how you got here and and for me it's always been you know carry a an intellectual curiosity into every new role Um, be observant of the people on your team and and outside your team and and try to capture the small wins uh, to build up the trust and credibility Um, you know, start to get to a point where you can be fickle, uh, and I say uh, fickle with the f. All right, so fickle with your ideas and your thoughts and your inputs, so that when you are engaging with your team, it is it is basically um, it's real thought out to a point where now you're adding value, and and it gets that momentum rolling, and and those small wins start to equate into larger wins. Um, and then it, it, to me, it's like a transition almost into like an individual contributor to more of like a high level, like a strategist, right? And then the last two is just something that my mom is always, you know, like all our parents are our upbringing is just be thoughtful and uh, and and just come in and say, I'm going to do something good for, for uh, you know, someone today on my team, um, mm-hmm. how can I help you? How can I, how can I really ease your pain on this project? Um, and then be elegant while you're doing it, you know? So mm-hmm. is the energy there? Am I hungry? Am I humble? And then am I, am I giving smart advice or am I being smart in my role? So, so, Pete, to answer your question, what does a product development engineer do? It, it really was whatever I wanted it to be. Because I knew a traditional development engineer where you take components that are in a medical device. Um, you know, Obviously, that's, that's kind of the, the technical applied base of it where, okay, this component has interactions within this gear structure. And I need to analyze the FEA model to see whether or not I can withstand this, um, you know, this interaction, this force, a lot of stuff that you, you learn in your your undergrad. Um, for me, I knew that would be a part of it, but I, I did not allow myself to become so overwhelmed with the fact that, man, I haven't done that uh, in eight years right. to where to where I, I didn't uh, completely abandon what's gotten me my success over my career. So so to answer your question again, it's it was the engineering, it was developing components. Um, there is a, a steep learning curve in that part because again, I
1: hadn't been exposed to that as right. a, as an aviator in the Air Force. Right now, but were you every day, you know, at least for this first role of product development engineer, were you kind of hands on, turning gears and and testing forces and some of the things you referenced, or were you? Was there a team doing that? What, what, was, you, what was your specific uh, role in all of that?
2: Yeah, so, you know, one of the um, first major projects here that I can think of that was um, we, we had some compliance issues with, uh, with some of our components. Yeah. And, you know, my specific role was to flush out the root cause analysis on why this was failing and and so really getting into i had some process excellence training before i transitioned from the air force um i i got my six sigma my black belt before i separated because i knew that is a methodology that was highly valued in any organization so they they use that skill set right away and they they Put me into those types of leadership type of roles, but yeah, to your point, Pete, I was I was in the lab, you know. Um, I had a, a couple of um, technicians that I partnered with that I said, hey, so what if we try to break this thing a couple of different ways, and uh, and then going into the <laughs> documentation and and saying, well, it's uh, the 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 failure is uh, you know annotated as such, but what if we if we fixture this thing a little differently, what if we think a little bit outside the box? Can we prove a case in where um, this doesn't really matter at all? You know, um, So it really was just injecting. My role was to see it from another angle. Um, gotcha. I, I think that was the best way to do it. Did I get a lot of hands-on engineering? Was I really into the prints? Was I in the... At the suppliers uh, building those relationships? The answer is yes to all those. Um, And and it really, I think, for me, um, because I kind of went in, you know, feet first, digging into as much as I could, um, it helped me gain so much knowledge uh, in a very quick rate, which uh, ultimately, um, you know, built up the trust with my team, built up the credibility, which in turn, the small wins made the big wins.